Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Ariva Martin Out Loud on KBLA Talk 1580. This is your destination for bold ideals, unfiltered opinions, and perspectives that matter. That would be your perspectives. In two weeks, y'all, I cannot believe it, but yes, in two weeks, it will be Christmas. And as you know, that is, this is the most wonderful time of the year. And if you're anything like me, you love Christmas. I mean, I am a Christmas fanatic. I'm a Christmas junkie. All things Christmas from the holiday parties, Christmas cookies, the decorations, the family traditions, and of course, binging. Yes, binging. Lots of Christmas movies. I love Christmas movies. Whether it's Lifetime, Hallmark, Netflix, Amazon, Cable, or Network, there is no shortage of holiday movies. Movies that have become, for many of us, time-honored traditions. Yes, I have this whole ritual that I do in my house with my kids. I've been making them watch Christmas movies uh, since they were little kids, and, and I wanted to instill in them uh, you know, this tradition, getting around the, the, uh, the television, drinking some hot chocolate, well, of course, and maybe an adult beverage, but <laughs> some hot chocolate too, and watching some of your favorite movies, just, just looking at all the beautiful decorations and the, the love stories, the romance, the happy endings all make the holidays bright. But as much as I love these movies, it's no secret that holiday movies have a diversity problem. Yes, y'all, it ain't enough black and brown people uh, traditionally that have been in holiday movies. And many of the networks have catered to a white upper middle class demographic, almost as if black and brown people didn't love Christmas. And as I said at the beginning, that is absolutely positively not true because I got my love of Christmas from my black mama and grandmama and aunties and all the black folks I grew up around. But I'm so excited today because I have a guest, uh, my guest for this hour. She's on a mission to change the representation of folks in front of and behind the camera of these romantic feel-good movies that are a part of so many of our family traditions. And she is the executive producer of one of the I would say the best Christmas movies that's out this season. Uh, my guest this morning is none other than Holly Robinson Pete. She is a force to contend with, an actress, producer, autism advocate, mother, wife, uh, my sister friend. You have seen her on 21 Jump Street, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, For Your Love, and a long, long list of Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. This year, she stars in and produces Our Christmas Journey, a movie about a single mom of a teen on the autism spectrum. It was released just this uh, early December, on December 4th, and I couldn't be more pleased to welcome to Ariva Martin Out Loud, Holly Robinson-Pete. Good morning, Holly. Good morning, Ariva. I am so, so excited uh, to have you join me this morning. You know, you and I go back a long way in this, I'll call it the autism advocacy game. And mm -hmm. I've been following you, of course, for years on social media. And I know that you are like me, that you love Christmas. You've got a lot of stuff going on at the Robinson Pete house around Christmas time. I really do. Listen, when your mother names you Holly, you really don't have a choice. I mean, all the songs got your name in it. What What are you going to do, Ariwa? You got You got to love Christmas. Uh, but uh, I was very excited to, you know, start to create Christmas content 
a little bit later in my career. Um, and as you said in your, your great intro, there was a need for diversity. And um, I literally just went to Hallmark Channel and told them that. I mean, they, I think they were already trying to make those changes, but I literally went there because it, it just, like you said, we celebrate Christmas and uh, we drive a lot of Christmas business. Um, and so I was determined to talk to them about seeing more of us represented in their movies. I'm so glad you did that. I, I don't know if you recall, but I, I remember two, three, four years ago. And again, I literally start binging Hallmark Channel and Christmas movies right after Thanksgiving. Whenever I would see you in a movie, I would send you a text because I would get so excited that one, you know, I, I knew one of the actresses in the movie that I could personally text, but two, because I saw someone that looked like me, that looked like my daughters, my sisters, the fa- the people in my family. So I want you to know that folks at home that watch these movies are incredibly uh, grateful to you as an actress, as a talent, as a creative, uh, for one, being in them, but also giving us, you know, a, a sense of belonging in in this tradition because we do belong in this tradition and we know representation yeah. is everything. Uh, so, you know, I want to talk with you. We're going to talk a lot about this incredible Christmas movie that you made about, uh, you know, this this young teen with autism because you and I as autism moms, uh, you know, that, that was just music to my ears, just made me so incredibly proud. I just got so emotional even learning that you were making a movie. But when we come forward, I want to talk about black and brown people and why mm-hmm. has it taken so long to see so, you know, uh, to see black and brown folks in our favorite holiday movies. Uh, when we come forward, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. We're listening around the clock. Around the clock. And your time to be heard is right now. Now. Right now. Right now. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. For the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind. We are back, and I'm your host, Ariva Martin, and you're listening to Ariva Martin Out Loud on KBLA Talk 1580, and I'm talking to actress and producer Holly Robinson-Pete. So, Holly, you know, I don't want to ignore some of uh, my favorite Christmas movies, This Christmas, Almost Christmas, The Preacher's Wife, and The Best Man Holidays, uh, Holiday, but... You know, those are movies, obviously, lots of African-American uh, artists and actors involved, as well as you know, black folks behind those movies. But despite that list of movies, why do you think we haven't seen more people of color in some of the, the made-for-television movies? I think it's just the same with any uh, movie in the business or any type of sector of the demographic that uh, show business goes for and Hollywood goes for. But for the Christmas movies, I think it's a little bit of benign neglect, if you will. Like mm-hmm. I think they they really do understand that Christmas is a universal thing that we celebrated. That there's dollars there, right? Because you're mm-hmm. always saying, "Oh, it's not black, it's not white, it's green." But I do think that they struggled in some ways to integrate us in movies in ways that were authentic to us. So it's one thing to have the best friend be black um, in the background and help her help the young lady through her love crisis. Mm-hmm. But what about the best friend? Can we give her a backstory? Can we know more about her and her family and her tradition? 
So I think it was just a matter of putting the proper creatives in place and and really shifting around some of the people at the top, quite honestly. I know at Hallmark Channel we have um, an African-American uh, CEO now, and Wanya Lucas, and she's phenomenal. And we have a very diverse group of women um, who greenlight everything. Uh, and when I first started working with Hallmark Channel probably about eight years ago, um, it didn't look like that. So... I think a lot of things are moving forward, but I think in the in, in the end, it's really about just sort of the benign neglect of and not having someone there to say, okay, this is the content that we need to see. Um, that has changed dramatically mm-hmm. over the last. Um, the diversity picture looks so much better um, all across the board, but especially at Hallmark Channel, and uh, very proud to have played a little bit of a part in that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear, one, there's an African-American CEO at Hallmark, and then you talk about all the women that are, you know, responsible for greenlighting uh, projects. I had Dr. Darnell Hunt on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he does the diversity report uh, out of UCLA, and he said the good news was that there were more black and brown people in front of the cameras in, you know, TV movies, TV sitcoms, dramas, etc. But he said the people behind the camera who were green lighting projects predominantly were still white men. So I'm glad to hear that Hallmark is defying that trend and that they actually have uh, more women and then people of color in positions of leadership. I do want to ask you, Holly, though, what, what drew you? You said you started working with Hallmark about eight years ago. What, what, what was your attraction to that network that when I looked you know, I was doing my research for the show today. I was looking at what their traditional demo was. That was a, you know, and what I read was that Hallmark's demographic was predominantly white, predominantly Midwest and Southern, like middle-aged white folks. So when I think of you as this, you know, really sophisticated black actress that has done a lot from talk show host to, you know, comedies, what, what was your attraction to a network whose demographic was primar- primar- uh, primarily Southern, Midwestern, and white? Well, I, my attraction was to diversify it. I saw exactly what you what you said earlier, that you are a Christmas fan and you love the traditions. And listen, my Aunt Barbara back home in Philly loves Hallmark Channel so much. <laughs> Uh, and and it, and before I came on, lo- I mean, obsessed. Got the socks, the shoes, the the quilt. I love my Barbara wine. already. Now I got wine. Oh, honey, and Barbara is. And listen, when I'm on set of these movies, um, I have to take pictures to send for approval of hair and makeup and wardrobe. And I send one to Hallmark Channel and the other one to Aunt Barbara. And I and I get I get Aunt Barbara's approval because she has talked about some of these wigs a couple times. She's amazing, but it was really her. I'll be honest; it was really her. She was she she was like Holly. You just um, I just want to see you in one of these movies. How come they don't show more of us? And then I, ha- I had I had friends who were some of my '90s counterparts mm-hmm. when I was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. A lot of these actors that are on Hallmark Channel, the, the white leads, female leads, are '90s people. They were big in the '90s on shows, and you know whether it's Full House or. One of those shows, and so we, we, they were. I was talking to them, and they were saying, "You need to come on and be on this network." They want to expand that demo. Mm. They understand this deficit. They know these numbers, and it's a new world. That they got to move forward and be a, way more diverse and inclusive. So that started to happen slowly but surely. About seven, you know, seven years ago, six years ago, 
five years ago. And then I, you know, I was number one. And then, you know, I would have on the call sheet. And then, you know, it was up to me as an executive producer to start building down the call sheet so that the top five people were all African Americans and they all had significant storylines where we, where we did, they did have a backstory and we understood who they were in the story. Um, not only that, Ariva, you know what else I do? I take my box of black Santa Claus because you know I got my black angels, my <laughs> okay, black Santa Claus. Right, right. I get my stuff in Lamert Park. I go every year get new ones. Um, I have a big selection. I take those up to Canada with me because you know God bless them in Canada they don't have any decor like that. And I literally place them in the movies um, strategically because a lot a lot of us product product placement um, to try to do that because you know when you have a black family we don't we celebrate. We decorate differently, too. We decorate yeah. differently. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's why I think people, some people, and definitely me, I'm drawn not just to the stories, but the decorations. I mean, the house yeah. is not just the living room and the tree. It's the kitchen. It's the, the family room. It's the snow outside. It's the, you know, they always have a town hall or some kind of community mm-hmm. festival. Christmas tree lighting. <laughs> it's a Christmas tree lighting. It's a, a town well, you know, those musical. Are the, those are the elements. Those are the drinking game elements i call it of the hallmark channel right so you know you're going to get the uninterrupted kiss you know you're going to get the mayor light and tree and and the christmas dance or ball or something like that but you're going to get all that but what's around it and what i try to get them to do is tell different stories around with those same elements because that's a formula that was working for them um and i think that they got lazy early on especially with having such a homogenous right. look to all of their movies because it was working for them. They were rating through the roof. The thing about Hallmark Channel is that, you know, Lifetime and Netflix, they all do a lot of these movies, but they don't even come close to Hallmark's numbers. Mm. They own the space. They own the space. So if you want and Christmas, so, you want to be a Christmas movie actress, you need to go to Hallmark because that's, that's number well, one. <laughs> It is, but I wanted them to understand that just because y'all own the space doesn't mean you don't have an obligation right. to 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 show more diversity and, and inclusion. So they were wide open to it when I went to them, and then we've been working together ever since. But as you know, um, there's one thing to be inclusive, but there was one area that had never been talked about, and that was uh, where you and I, you know, have have, have uh, a lot of. Um, life journey is in the autism space. Right. And that was one area that they really had never, never gone there. And we're going to talk a lot about your movie and how you brought that level disability diversity to the network. But I do want to go back to this, the, the decorations and the representation. Yes. And yes how yes. important you, you just said you take black Santa Clauses, black figures and, you know, strategically place them in the backgrounds. That is so incredible because again, you're right. As a black family, you you know, we went through this period. Well, you and I probably, you know, we're same age. We grew up together. Mm-hmm. We had white Santas. And then we went yes. through our, you know, black and we're proud moment. It's like, okay, get all those white Santas out of my house. <laughs> you know, I'm yes. only, only yes. doing black Santas, you know, and everything <laughs> black around our decorations. So, yes, it wouldn't make sense to turn on a Hallmark movie with a black family that didn't have a black Santa someplace. Uh, in that's right. The that's mix. right. And you did. You mentioned something else, Holly, about putting the you know people on the call sheet. And I did start to notice people like Patty Labelle and you know Tatiana mm-hmm. Ali and different African American you know folks who, like you said, many were big in the nineties. Uh, how was that? I mean, did the network 
they embrace you. And we know sometimes white folks, they like they're one black person, but you know, you start bringing your whole Mm -hmm. family. It's a different story, but how did they embrace you saying, I don't want to just be the only one. I want to bring other actors and actresses into this space. Yeah. They embrace that. They, they knew, they know they had to do that to authentically really uh, reach um, this another demographic that they're trying to, 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 um, get to and uh, they were very open to it it was a little bit of a slow process in the beginning Mm -hmm. but mostly they were very open to it and then even with my other series over there morning show mysteries which i did opposite rick fox and a couple other people and a young an actress named karen robinson who played my aunt who's just amazing uh canadian actress i was just really going down methodically of that call sheet and saying okay there's me and then there's everybody else needs to we need to have at least get to four, at least get down to four, where where we know that the, these top four are black folks and we know their backstory. They're not just walking through the background. So that was key. Um, and also just getting back to your decor thing. So the number one note that you get when you're executive producer of one of these movies is in every frame, there has to be Christmas. Mm. And I'm talking about every single frame. <laughs> okay. If you so go to the, the bathroom, mother- the bathroom has to ha- say Christmas. Every <laughs> frame, Ariva, every frame, and the art deck, the set deck people are the real MVPs, because they're the ones that have to make sure all that's there, and so every close-up has to have Christmas lights in the background. If you watch, next time you watch one, I dare you to try to find one (laughs) one close-up without some Christmas, something twinkling somewhere, and so that is what, and that's their formula, you know, that is their formula, and that works uh, for them. So I do think that they have really helped understand it's it's not a hard sell it's just a matter of really sometimes they just don't have the ideas and sometimes you just have to bring them the ideas so when you bring it to them and you you say okay this uh you know what in the town square we'd like a black santa claus that's that's really what i want i want you know we see santa all the time but we need santa to be black and that uh is something you really have to 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 kind of make happen right right? because these movies shoot very quickly well, you know, obviously, if, if we're not at the table, we're on the menu. And, and you being at the table is, has had a tremendous impact on diversity in terms of not just the people uh, acting in the movies, but that background, those background scenes and getting those, you know, the, the, the Christmas, some diversity, even in the Christmas decorations. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that. What about the audience, though, uh, Holly? Have you seen that change as you have seen, you know, the network Hallmark? in particular, bring on more black actors and having executive producers of color like yourself, is the audience shifting? Is this still, you know, Midwestern, Southern, white audience? Are you, like, you know, uh, cutting across some of those other demographics? It's definitely shifting. It's definitely shifting in in the households that are are our demo. Um, And women, not just women, white women, but black women, it's especially uh, shifting. There's an uptick over the last few years, and that is definitely on their uh, bucket list to make sure that number goes up. Mm. Uh, but it's definitely doing that. I can feel it just tangibly when I'm, you know, part of doing these movies. You have to live tweet them, and it's a, you know, it's a whole thing. They send you assets and you they right. gifts and all this stuff. You have to live tweet them, and, and and in each moment. And what I see are a lot of the influencers or a lot of the hallmarkies, if you will. Are, are are black women are black wow. women 34 44 
um, 54, and that's the demo of market share that they want. So I see that, and it's fun, you know, because we have a different way of tweeting and saying things to each other. And I had a particularly fine co-star on this last movie. <laughs> that helps. Uh, lyrics that, yes, yes. I always have that. Listen, they've, all, they've never failed me in that department. I always have a nice little fine, fine brother next to me. And uh, Lyric, this, this, this young man is just it's an amazing actor and just super um, generous uh, with me on the set. Um, but er- when, when we had that that interrupted kiss, which you have to have in every Hallmark movie, they were like, oh, damn, like, oh, my God, come on, Holly, come on, come on, Lena, my character's name. And that was fun. And then I also had a mom, and my mom was played by this actress, Aloma Wright, and she was so strong. I think she wow. was really the glue that held us together. And so these are the things that you see. You see a black mama talking to her black kids about things that are, that are you know, in, in a way – the way she talked to us, which I think brings more authenticity to these movies, because otherwise it's just taking black characters and putting them in the same scenarios as the other characters. Yeah. And it does, it's like, you know, it's not, not the same. So, so let's talk about this. You've been, you know, touching on it, but I want everyone to know the movie that Holly is talking about with this black mama and this fine black man that she got to kiss. Okay. Rodney Peach, you saw that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) We're talking about, (laughs) we're talking about our Christmas journey, uh, executive produced by none other than Holly Robinson. Pete, uh, she plays a single, mom in this movie she has a son who is on the autism spectrum and what is so amazing about this movie is this young man who plays a kid on the autism spectrum actually is on the autism spectrum so talk about diversity this is not just diversity in terms of people of color it's diversity in terms of you know people who learn differently who see the world differently who interact with the world differently so uh, just tell us uh, Holly, the moment you knew that your movie, your dream of having a movie with a kid with autism, having that be the center of a story, what was it like when you got the news that, you know, you had gotten a green light on your project? I remember exactly the Zoom call where we got the green light, green light, and I was just, I had a little bit of a cry, Ariva. I was very emotional because I was, I knew this was something, I'd been pitching it for a few years, and it kept kind of saying maybe next year maybe next year and I guess and and I was disappointed a little bit Mm. but um, I'm glad because the timing was great because the key was finding Nick Sanchez Mm. if I couldn't find the actor who could play this part who was actually a young man with autism that you know was on a spectrum that really like the, the timing of finding him was just perfect and that was what I needed I knew we couldn't make the movie without him so in 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 hindsight, I'm really glad that that we didn't get to make it three years ago because it, I may not have found Nick, and that was that was key. Look at God, always right on time, yeah. always right yeah. on time. So tell us about Nick. So had Nick been acting before? Was this his first acting job? You know, give us a little history no, on Nick. Uh, okay, so Nick Sanchez is 17. He is um, <laughs> he's just a phenomenal young man. He reminds me a little bit. Of of RJ, just just the, just the way. Well, all of our kids, your your son as well. Like just how they have that pure spirit, mm. that pure heart, mm. um, and and just an amazing young man, of course. But he, I found him because he was working on another movie for Lifetime with Boris Kojo and mm. Nicole Ari Parker, who mm-hmm. we all know are right. friends. Um, Boris and Nicole were working on the movie. Uh, Boris was directing Nicole in a movie, um, and. 
Nick was cast in this movie. They found him because he was on a show called The Rookie. He did a few episodes on that. Mm. So um, it's just, again, another look at God moment where he, where Boris was talking to me, and I was like, I'm trying to cast his part, and I, I need to find a young man. Without, he said, All right, I got your guy. I got your guy, this young man. Wow. And it was literally like that. And then I got on a Zoom with him. I tried to get to Baltimore while they were making the movie. I couldn't get there. I, I was like, oh, I got to lock it down. You were ready, huh? <laughs> right. No, because, guys, if he becomes unavailable, we can't make this movie in my mind. So I got him on a Zoom, and we connected, and I bonded with his mother, and, you know, that was that was really it. And then I just told them, offer him the part. And they were like, "He does. I don't have to audition. Nope, it's nope. your part. You're just going to have it. So it wow. was just that. It was That's the way it all came together. And, Nick, I, I know you said he had been working with uh, Nicole and, and Boris uh, for a while, so this wasn't his first acting job, which, you know, a lot of folks think right. that kids with autism aren't in every industry, but they are. Uh, Nick proves uh-huh. that. Uh, when we come forward, Holly, I want to ask you, why was making our Christmas journey on your bucket list? Stay with us on KBLA Talk 15 after news and traffic. KBLA Talk 1580. Unapologetically progressive radio. Black owned and operated from the heart of Lumert Park, USA. The heart of Lumert Park, USA. We're listening and the combo continues right now. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. I am back and you are listening to Ariva Martin Out Loud and I'm your host Ariva Martin on KBLA Talk 1580. We are taking your calls at 1-800-920-1580. That's 1-800-920-1580. Uh, and on the web at KBLA 1580. I just want to say my heart goes out to all of those families in Kentucky and other cities throughout the Midwest and the South who have been devastated by last night's tornadoes. I know they're reporting that over 70 people have lost their lives and they're expecting that number to continue to grow uh, as they find uh, folks throughout the day. But uh, again, just such a tragedy, uh, especially during the holidays. So, you know, let's keep those families in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, I'm talking this morning to actress and producer Holly Robinson Peach. She's the founder of the Holly Rod Foundation. She's an autism advocate. She's a mom. She's a wife. Uh, and she has made this amazing movie that the autism community, uh, the movie's called Our Christmas Journey, has embraced and is so excited about. And Holly, I read somewhere that you said this movie or making a movie like this that centers autism was on your bucket list. Now, you're you're not dying anytime soon. You're too young. You got another 50, 60 years. But why <laughs> were you thinking about this movie in terms of your bucket list? Because we just have not seen this type of representation in television, especially scripted television. We never see movies or characters that are on the autism spectrum played by characters or played by actors who are on the spectrum as well. That's representation. They're out there. There are actors with autism who who want to act, who want these parts. The difference is just, you know, they just need a little patience and a little opportunity. Um, and some compassion. And so, I mean, Nick Sanchez, who played um, Marcus, our young actor, um, our young son with autism, he, uh, you know, he had moments where he got a little overloaded sensorily and had to, you know, stop down. But I was there. His mom was there, the director. You know, we all gave him those moments. If you do that, you can get an actor with autism to be on a set. Like, then. these are movies that move very fast. 
and 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 you really have to be on your stuff to get these things done. But if you just have the right surround them with the right people, they can do it. So it was a bucket list movie for me because uh, it was one thing to do a movie about autism, mm-hmm. um, but there was no way uh, I was going to do a movie about autism uh, without proper representation. That just was not going to happen. I've seen that before. And um, it's a little bit cringy at this point now. Right. Like when you see, I mean, you there are some phenomenal shows, uh, Atypical, The Good Doctor, right. some great shows, and some amazing actors that are portraying these characters. But um, we need more representation. So I think the bucket list piece was really so much about just really being able to see ourselves and see our families represented in a way that was, um, you know, authentic. No, the no. hardest part for me, I was going to say the hardest part for me, Ariva, was just I felt the weight of telling so many stories because, you know, our stories are all so diverse. Right, right. And I just wanted to, to, to be, I wanted us to feel seen as autism families, as people affected by autism. I wanted us to, to be seen and to be feel to feel like our stories mattered. I'm so glad you brought that up, Holly, because you're right. Autism is a spectrum disorder and everybody that, that has autism, you know, looks different. If you meet, you know, we always say if you meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism because there's no one representative person in terms of how uh, the disorder uh, presents itself. What did you get? What was the feedback? I, I know the Los Angeles autism community that in the California autism community that I'm, you know, very uh, connected with has been overwhelmingly excited and, and positive about this movie. But have you received any feedback from other parts of the community that, you know, have some issues because every time there is a portrayal of someone with autism in a movie or on the television show, you know, there's a faction of people that, that say, oh, that's not representative. That person is, quote unquote, too high functioning or, you know, that that, you know, a person with autism would never do X or do Y. There's always, you know, that kind of chatter that happens uh, in some corner of our community. Are, are you hearing any of that about how Nick portrays the character Marcus? Uh, not too much. No, like mo- it's mostly very, very positive because, again, it's not something that we see so often. Um, I think, like you said, it's because it's so we're so diverse on the spectrum, and there's so many different types of ways to represent autism. Um, we purposefully made made Nick's character nonverbal. Um, he Nick does speak, and he has he has words, and he can he can, can really he's quite articulate. Um, but we wanted him to be nonverbal because we felt like that community doesn't often see itself portrayed right. because they think, well, okay, well he can't talk. How's he going to be in the movie? So. Um, we we really wanted that to happen. I've been getting mostly really positive feedback. Um, you know, when you're on Twitter, that's like an immediate focus group, and you you do get a few people in there that will say a thing here, a thing there. But I want to say 99.9% of people were just so relieved to see it, um, moved by it, um, connected to it in some way, whether it was about the sibling situation, which I got directly from our life, my daughter Ryan, and and her issues with being a sibling and how she felt neglected, whether it was that or whether it was, you know, how it impacts a marriage, which we, which we covered. Um, and, and just the friends socially, all, all of that we wanted to cover. Um, a couple of, you know, people said, I mean, the only real criticism I saw was, well, you know, it's about the mom. It's mm. not about, it's not about the son, right? Mm. It's not about the rest. So, and and that's true because, but we as autism moms, we are a very unique right. 
breed of people. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> yes, we are. That's, and we're yes, damn proud we're, people too. <laughs> we are proud. We are proud. I like to call us, people call us all kind of things like warrior mom. I yes. like to call us gangster mom. <laughs> yes. Because we, we really don't, we don't suffer fools and we are always uh, representing and advocating for our kids. And, you know, we don't take no for an answer lightly at all. So um, I did want it to be, you know, these movies center around usually women, strong right. women who are doing things. And so, you know, I did want it to be about this woman's journey, um, but also touch upon the other points and how autism affects the entire entire family. So um, a couple of times people actually autistic, the, the actually hashtag actually autistic um, community um, came and said, well, we would have liked it to be more about Marcus and and I said, yeah, you know, and, and oh, and putting him away. They said, oh, they saw putting him away. But what we were trying to do was show a an, or a, a, tech, a facility right. like Hope Hills, which is fictional, where we were taking on, um, Marcus to, you know, to live, get some independence in his life, um, was based on a, a real facility in upstate New York called Center for Discovery, where mm-hmm. these young people go and they're able to work the land and they're able to do all kinds of really great activities and have an independent life. Um, and we, it's such a beautiful facility. I went there and I know a family that's there and we wanted to emulate that. So there were, there were a couple of people in there and I get that, you know, right. I get that. Um, but for the most part, it's been pretty, pretty positive. Well, you know what I think as I'm, as you're saying that I'm thinking, well, that's, you know, that's the next movie. There shouldn't just be one story that's told. And that's the problem when you don't have representation is that, you know, people want you to tell it all in one story. You can't do that. You hit on so many themes that are real to families with autism. You know, you're to be commended for that. And the, the network is to be commended for it, but by no means is it a comprehensive list of every issue that a family with autism faces and it shouldn't be because then we wouldn't need exactly. movie two movie three movie four we wouldn't need all the exactly. other movies <laughs> hopefully that exactly. will come uh as a result of of this one you know this is the first but there are lots of opportunities to have and and we hope this is the beginning of a trend that not just will be followed on Hallmark, but on other stations we'll start to see as we're seeing LGBT communities represented in, in holiday yeah. movies. Uh, you know, uh-huh. there we're seeing all kinds of representation that, you know, wasn't there five, seven, eight years ago. So for that right. community that's worried that, you know, Marcus was nonverbal or Marcus went to a facility, don't worry. You know, we can have more Marcuses uh, and more yes. stories. Uh, when we come forward, the network Holly, seems- Hold that thought for me, because when we come forward, I want you to help me uh, dispel the biggest misconceptions people still have about individuals on the autism spectrum. Stay with us. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA. Welcome USA. back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. I'm back and I'm talking this morning to actress, producer, and autism mom, Holly Robinson-Pete. Holly, before the uh, commercial, we were talking about some of the misconceptions people have about folks on the autism spectrum. And obviously this young man, Nick, the 17-year-old who plays your son in your movie, Our Christmas Journey, dispels so many of those misconceptions that people have. But you have your beautiful son, RJ, who's now a young adult, works for the Dodgers, is killing it in his own right. Tell us, you know, what, what some of the things that you continue to hear uh, that are misconceptions that people have about what folks on the spectrum can and, and cannot do. Well, I think the hardest way 
I, I want to say that I just, let me start over. I think the most difficult thing to understand is that everyone is so different. So it's, there's no one person with autism can do one thing and someone else can do another well. Um, so there's, there's not, I think the one thing that they have in common is that there's some social issues that is socially difficult to connect sometimes. But like, even with RJ, who's doing well, as you said, he's, you know, he's working and he's driving and he's doing things that we were told he would never do. Um, even when he comes home from those long days working as Dodgers, that boy has to jump on the trampoline for three hours to get right in his body. Mm. So it's like, you know, and now he can tell me, oh, mom, I got to go stem. Like he knows what stemming is, which is, you know, just self-stimulating to get yourself, get your body right. Um, and so <clears throat> he'll go jump on the trampoline when he's stressed or when he's been working a long day. Because when he's uh, at the Dodgers, he has to present himself as neurotypical. Mm. So it's, it's stressful for him. So that's one thing I'd like people to know because I often get the comment, well, your son doesn't look like he has autism. You know, that one drives me right, nuts. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't look like it or he doesn't seem like it. Well, he does, and he still does. I've also heard people say to me, well, can autism be cured? You know, that's a question that, you know, everybody has a different opinion. I don't particularly believe that it can be cured or that it definitely needs to be cured. I think that what we need is a better understanding in the world and more compassion towards who people with autism are and how different they are. Um, and so that we can change the world for them and come into their world a little bit more instead of making them conform right. all of the time. And you mentioned how he, RJ has a twin, for those uh, listeners who don't know that, uh, Ryan, that there was some sibling you know, issues when they were younger. What's their relationship like today? Well, they had no sibling issues when they were younger. They, 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 she just dutifully went along and made sure it was all about RJ, just like the character Hilda, uh, the character uh, Maya in the movie, her actress's name, Hilda, um, she just, you had to go through Ryan to get to RJ. She got his back. She was his bodyguard, his, mm. his, his helper. She did everything for him, and she never complained about it. And because she was a, quote, neurotypical teen and she, a kid, she, which she had ADHD, which I didn't diagnose till later because I was so busy focusing on RJ. Right. So she had a lot of issues with that. Those came up later on when she was in college. Oh, she would call me okay. So not as like, a kid, but now, when she was an adult, a young adult. Oh, yeah, as a kid. Oh, she went along. She was the perfect was sister. <laughs> perfect sibling. Right. I mean, she never complained. And there was a line in the movie where where the young girl says, you know, I, I, I feel guilty even thinking about feeling this way. That came directly from Ryan. She's like, what, what a jerk would I sound like if I said that I was jealous because RG was getting more attention than me? You know, so, so we really, I was really glad to be able to touch upon that storyline. But now that she's a young, you know, 24-year-old college graduate, um, she had to work through some things and feeling some kind of way about missing out on stuff mm. when RG would stretch out on an airplane or we got kicked off a couple airplanes <laughs> or we, get, we you had to leave restaurants early and stuff. You know, Ryan's like, okay, pack it up and go. So she never complained. But um, that that sibling um, point of view is very important and need, needs to be discussed. I think that was a big touching point I saw as I was live tweeting 
that people were connecting with. Yeah, I'm so glad that Ryan, as a young adult, you know, got in touch with those feelings because we see it so much. And what unfortunately happens with a lot of families is those feelings are repressed and they come out in other ways. You see kids acting out, you see kids, you know, having uh, all kinds of issues with behavior in school and just other manifestations of it. So I'm glad that that she got in touch with it uh, and is dealing with it. My kids, uh, you know, my daughters, Morgan and Michael, sound exactly like Ryan in terms of their protection protective role that they have always played with respect to Marty. And so I give a shout out to Ryan and Michael and Morgan for being those perfect siblings that support our beautiful sons. Uh, When we come forward, Holly, you know, we talked about the movie. We talked about your career as an actress and a producer. But I want to talk about your family traditions and that auntie in Philadelphia, because I like her. (laughs) You're listening (laughs) to KBLA Talk 1580 when we come forward. More History is now. How you have so many incredible titles that you've earned over your career, producer, actress, talk show host, autism advocate, nonprofit founder and leader, uh, you know, just just so many amazing things you've been able to do with your career. But I think like most of us, I'm sure the title of mom is one of the things that you are most proud of. So tell us as a, a mama bear, what holiday tradition will you be, uh, you know, following this year as we get ready for Christmas? Well, my traditions uh, have a lot to do with uh, tree, with my Christmas tree. I collect black Santa Claus ornaments and black Santa Claus figurines, and I mean, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> um, yesterday, my best friend Terry Ellis from from the group En Vogue, she got, she knows I have this this amazing collection, mm-hmm. and she's always trying to add to it. So she found me some eight some. Six feet tall wow. black nutcrackers. Wow. Okay, at Michael's at Michael's store, right? So she she puts them on hold for me, and and she's running out of town because she's gigging and working a lot, and and she's and so anyway, she ordered them for me, and then they didn't come. I got an email that they were sold out or whatever. So now we're on the hunt for these black nutcrackers. If anybody sees in the LA area <laughs> some black nutcrackers, I might be driving down to the Michaels on La Cienega to see if I can find today. But I, it's about bringing those old friends out, Ariva, bringing those old friends out and just putting them around and everyone just seeing. And then of course, you know, nobody's allowed to touch my ornaments. So no one, <laughs> you know, puts the tree down. So, uh, but it's really just about, you know, traditions of those ornaments. And you mentioned my aunt Barbara, her mother, um, my aunt Gert was my, our grandmother, that was my grandmother's sister. So aunt Barbara mm. is my mom's first cousin. And she dressed up like uh, aunt Gert, dressed up like Santa Claus every year. Of course, she had, you know, a fifth of whiskey in her pocket. <laughs> and course. she came in, yes, and she would set up a winter wonderland oh, that would be in her so entire sweet. her entire attic, and we would all go up there and look at all her figurines. And, of course, she had she put a little brown nail polish on their faces. And um, um, so those traditions are some things that have passed down. Um, to to me, to my mom and to me. Wow. Well, I can't thank you enough for spending this time with me uh, this morning, Holly. Make sure you check out her Christmas movie, Our Christmas Journey, on the Hallmark Channel. Make sure you follow her on all social media platforms. Uh, Holly Robinson Peach, she's just doing amazing things for the autism community, uh, for the the culture in general. And I just want to thank you, Holly, for all that you do. You're a beautiful person through and through, and I truly appreciate our friendship. It's grown over the years, and I look forward to continuing to collaborate uh, to help kids on the spectrum and their families. So have a beautiful, beautiful uh, Christmas, my friend. 
You oh. too, Ariva. Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right, y'all. It's been an amazing hour talking with uh, Holly Robinson. Pete, make sure you go out there and do something loud to get ready for your Christmas. Uh, coming up next is Angela Reddick Wright and Legal Lens. Uh, stay right here on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm out, y'all. Make sure you're following me on Ariva Martin on all social media platforms. See you next week.